You're listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast, a weekly show with Alexander Schacht and Benjamin Pieske designed to help you reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. Today we are really talking about the last part and what multitasking is actually doing to you and how you can overcome it what you can do to become really, really effective. So stay tuned and now some music. Working really effectively creates such a tremendous difference for you. I have invested a lot of time in becoming really more effective. That's the only way I can produce all this content for free for you. And there's lots of more free content. We've created all these kind of different things, collated all of these different free content in one place. The Effective Statistician Library. So head over to theeffectivestatistician.com, sign up for this library and get all the webinars, all these kind of different things for free. And we'll update that library as we go. So stay tuned for more content there. Speaking about content, PSI is also creating a lot of content. There's the uh, ever-growing video-on-demand content libraries, a lot of webinars, there's a conference, all these kind of different things, lots of trainings. You can become a PSI member for just £20 for non-high-income countries and just £95 annually high-income countries. So don't wait. Head over to the PSI homepage at psiweb.org to learn more about PSI activities and become a PSI member today. Welcome to another episode of the Effective Statistician. Benjamin and myself will talk about distractions and multitasking today. So, Benjamin, what's your experience with multitasking? What are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry, I was distracted. No, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very common topic. So, I mean, it, it's all over. Every, every pace of life is distracted. And I mean, I guess we are more focusing now on, on work life. But I mean, just look around and see how often are you watching your phone? while you pass mm -hmm. the street or you know things that happen so distraction in is just everywhere and if you're you know if you put this in a positive way you know we would call it multitasking but actually it's to me it is the same <laughs> it's very very similar besides that sometimes distraction is more on the on the you know you want to be distracted by you know, getting your mind so that in, that in that sense, but otherwise, uh, multitasking is something you know that you do when you work, when you uh, in video conferences. You know, from meetings that you have, you know, conferences. Yeah. You sit there and then you know read your emails and and um, oh yeah, it's not so interesting. So, I'll do it. so yeah, it's omnipresent. Yeah, I really find it interesting that some people even think they are good at multitasking, whereas I think that is a myth. Uh, I think you can't really do multiple things at once, or at least multiple things that require your brain at once. 
you can surely kind of don't know, listen to an audiobook or while you're running or something like this, yeah, or while you're exercising or maybe cleaning up <laughs> things like that. But having two cognitive tasks at the same time, I think is a really, really difficult. I would say it's even impossible. Yeah, I would. It's really switching between tasks. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, but actually multitasking is often meant to be switching between quick switch between tasks. So when, you mm. know, just imagine you're in conference, like, you know, on a teleconferences and you listen to it and on the, you know, and you're writing emails. So your brain switches from one thing to another, but once focusing here or there, it, it will forget the other one. But I think I, you know, I don't believe that people are good in multitasking. They will be probably always more efficient if they, actually spent the time in doing one and then the other. Um, however, there are occasions where I think some people are better in taking the challenge of multitasking. You know, I, I don't actually want to say it's a challenge in a, in a positive way. It's more like the, they basically do multitasking and they still get two things done in the same time as others would take the double time for doing this in this distracted way. I mean, just as an example, so if you're in a, in a teleconference where people are, you know, where just, you know, that at the end of the, of the teleconferences, there's like one, one or two topics for you, or they all have, already have been in the beginning. And then you switch your brain to another multitask. So like writing an email or something. Some people are better in doing it and others mm -hmm. just, just can't, but try. So, and that is, that is, I think the, what you would normally consider as if somebody's saying it's better or you know worse in, in multitasking. It doesn't mean it's perfect in a way, but some people can simply switch the brain quickly than others. I believe. Mm. I can't, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I can't too. There's also a lot of research that, that shows that task switching requires, you know, a lot of additional energy. And there's always, you know, quite a lot of kind of lag time. And overall, you actually lose time. It's much better to focus on one thing for a longer period, then make a break and get on the next one. Do you think yeah. even, even like my example with these boring, you know, these teleconferences, which are of, in many ways not your um, responsibility anymore because you already, and you know, had your part or it's basically, you know, two minutes that you are needed and then the rest you are actively listing which is good but it's not necessarily where you where you have such a big you know big part you still think that then adding writing the email after the teleconference is more efficient than writing it in between first i would say i know you're in the wrong conference to these meetings yeah, yeah. To, to, to if you if you're really not required i think there's there's much better ways yeah so for example if you're just required for five minutes somewhere in between, ask a moderator to give you a heads up when this comes up. Or just stick to the timing and then you show up on time. Yeah, uh, that's another thing. But, you know, spending a lot of time in these meetings is a problem in itself. Yeah, and using multitasking is just an excuse to not addressing the original problem, I would say. No, I agree. But this was maybe like a like an example which is most present to us, and some people 
cannot avoid spending some time there uh, for whatever reason. So I, I but the, um, but also could be that this is some other, um, okay, I mean, cognitive, it's not necessarily cognitive if you spend, you know, time with your child on the playground while, you know, working or, you know, these kind of things or, or cooking while being in a teleconference. But, but, so. but really kind of just, just going back to the example with the child, yeah, over the weekend, I was actually on a playground with my five-year-old and I didn't have my smartphone with me. And it was really, really good. Initially, kind of, sometimes I had the urge to look at it. Yeah, but over time, it was easier. And it was a much better experience for both my child and for me. I, I agree. It is just, if you, if you think it the other way around, it happens that your child is home while you need to work. So at the weekend, that's a different story because you can concentrate. And that's actually the time that you should be spending uh, with other things than work. Um, but if it's, you know, during the day, in the, like afternoon, or your mm -hmm. child is back from uh, kindergarten and, you know, your wife, partner is going to you know, the doctor's appointment with, with the other child. And then suddenly end up at, you know, 3 p.m. with the little one. And so what you do? Um, I, you know, there, there are situations I'm saying it's still the, the cognitive, you know, it's probably the, the difference. What, yeah. what you initially said is that this is not cognitive work in a way of switching brains between, you know, hardcore brains, topic on, on yeah. the playground. So, yeah, well, I think it's try to avoid it as much as possible and have times where you can really get focused. Yeah. And of course, you know, if you need to look after your little one yeah, while doing some work, then probably during this time, I would do kind of emails and things like that, yeah, where you have very, very short tasks, yeah, and it doesn't matter whether you're just, you know, interrupted a couple of times. Yeah. But this is not the task that really moves the needle. The tasks that really move the needle usually require us statisticians to have a longer uninterrupted thinking time. For example, writing the statistical part of a protocol, writing an SAP, thinking through different design options for a study, setting up a simulation for a study, preparing for a presentation, writing a manuscript, reviewing a manuscript. All these things really need longer, uninterrupted time. Carl Newport uh, wrote a really great book about it called Deep Work, which I can highly recommend. Like us, he is a brain worker, and he looked into how can you be really productive as a brain worker. And one of the key things he talks about is this ability to focus over long periods of time. That's what he calls uh, deep work. It's this concept where you spend a longer period of time undistracted on a cognitive demanding task. And it's really interesting. You know, then you really get into the flow of it. You really get deep into the problem. And that's where you can really make a big progress.
Also, I think then you get much faster because then in one hour you can accomplish much, much more than in six snippets of 10 minutes because you always have this kind of time that you need to get into it to really deep, you know, have your concentration fully there, all, all, you know, your thoughts on it. That always takes some time. And by having these longer periods, you don't lose, you know, refocusing again and again and again and again. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's in theory, it's, I believe it's true. I will right away without reading the book, right? So it's, I understand that there is something behind because this is something that you experience. So my deep work experience lays back like, like where I suddenly woke up from my, you know, from, from my work dive Uh, in the middle of the night, it was dark already. And I realized, you know, it's 1 a.m. in the morning. And I'm, I I was still programming on some, you know, I was programming mm -hmm. at that time. So that was 15 years ago. Or so so where, which was just like a, uh, what was like, like, like an, like an event, like something where, what, what I still remember, because I, it was really like I was passing away by in work and woke up and realized it's dark outside. It's actually past midnight. So, yeah. but that is, um, you know, the, that's the theory. So, but in, in practice, what is the, what are the key? I mean, I just imagine, I mean, working home-based is already, you know, where people say, you know, I'm getting distracted or doing like laundry or doing something or just eating or whatsoever somebody comes in or it's uh, anything. So going in the office, working from home. So there might be some differences in, in how you could, could approach it. I mean, I, I would, getting getting calls, getting any distractions from from mobiles or from anything um, emails so i think there's broadly speaking there's two different categories of distractions there's the internal distractions and there's the external distractions so the external distractions is like your phone is buzzing or your chat comes up or you know there's a message new new email or whatever and these external distractions to a large extent you can manage i've turned off all these you know notifications yeah my phone isn't you know buzzing and ringing and beeping all time yeah i see i look at it when i want to look at it not because the phone commands me to look at it Same with, you know, notifications on your desktop. They are all turned out other than kind of a new meeting is coming because I don't want to be distracted while working on a document. All these other things, they can all wait. If it's really urgent, someone will call. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't hear it because you put it. In, you know, well, well, no. <laughs> that's, that is one of the things that is not, yeah. So you mean it's it's... Primarily, it's the attitude. So if you want to work, like deep dive in work or yeah. deep work, you can. Because, you know, you can remove... And then you can set your environment in such yeah. a way. If you remove the yeah. distractions from outside, you would be able to mostly accomplish this if you want it. Yeah. The other thing is the internal distractions. Be aware what triggers these. Yeah. So being bored, being hungry, tired, being angry, 
being whatsoever. Being tired. Yeah? Mm -hmm. These these kind of things be can be kind of triggers for you to get distracted as well. So one of the reasons why I have, you know, some water at my desk so that, you know, being thirsty doesn't get me distracted. Always drinking all day so, so that I can, you know, get hydrated and, um, yeah, keep really focused. Is it like, do, do, you, do you think that, that for, for the deep work and the what's resulting, you would also need to consider, I mean, as I said, like, like if you're hungry, tired, so what do you, what do you recommend to actually a little bit schedule your day to allow for this yeah, so yeah. meaning you yeah. definitely have to go to bed at 10 or you know or you in the morning before you start or whatever you do lunch break or a breakfast break and then later on plan and a lunch break to not so all of these things i think it's really important to manage your energy over the day you can't manage your time because the time you know passes by what whatsoever that you can manage your energy and you can match where you have high energy with a time where you do deep work. So, for example, if you are really productive early in the morning, directly after you start work, don't start with shallow tasks like email or expenses or things like that. Start with cognitive demanding tasks during the time you have a lot of energy. If you know, well, after my, you know, lunch dip at between two and three, between three and five, I have another really creative, productive period, usually in the day. Block that out so that it's not distracted and you can, you know, get some work done there. That's really important. There's also some techniques how you can improve your overall energy and getting enough sleep is for sure one of the key things. Having a you know a reasonable diet is, is another topic. Exercise is yet another topic. So, well, these are also kind of typical things. Yeah, yeah. all the nutrition is kind of a different topic. I mean, you know, after after a hangover party, you won't be able to do life work. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the way yeah, it yeah. is. I mean, you, you realize this when you had like a big heavy lunch, for example, it's going to kill your afternoon in terms of concentration yeah. and and so this is yeah that is kind of the the habits that that you can you should be watching for yourself just looking into this and, and realizing how your body and your brain especially is um, reacting on sleep food you know drinks or yeah. whatever and yeah. kind of adjust it not necessarily every day so don't you know i'm not saying <laughs> you shouldn't have any fun But it's, it's really, if you know that the next day, for example, you have to review something mm. and you really need to concentrate, you shouldn't yeah. get a hangover. Yeah. So. yeah. The also kind of, con if you want to focus on something, yeah, on your desktop, get away all the other things. In words, there is this focus view, whereas then, you know, everything else is wiped out and you really just look at the text. Or you just write them there. I never tried that. Is it? Is it like a like a focus view on a Yeah. So if you go into into Word and you look under views, under immersive, there's this focus view. Yeah, it's everything. And then you know everything of uh, in the desktop is kind of you know 
pretty much wiped out and you see only the text. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So it's a, it's a really, really nice way. There's also, you know, for Google documents, for, for lots of other things, there's similar uh, versions. Yeah. Then you're really kind of only doing that. So the other thing is kind of having some kind of clean desk. I'm not really not good at that. <laughs> Can be another topic. Yeah. I'm glad we are not sharing a video in this podcast. So otherwise, I would have shown <laughs> you my desk too. Yeah. But there's also other things like, you know, what do you have on your smartphone? Maybe, you know, just delete your Facebook app or TikTok or these kind of things. Take them out so that uh, you don't get distracted by these. Yeah. Maybe I isn't. Or maybe there's a function on the phone as well to maybe just block it during the day or like at a specific oh, time. Yeah, yeah. There's surely some apps. So, uh, um, yeah. Or if you, if you really focus on something particularly today or whatever, just turn it off, right? Do yeah. silent yeah. mode or flight mode. And then, then it will, you know, that will, that will help. So we talked today quite a lot about multitasking, distraction. And uh, why is so important that you manage these, both your internal and external distractions? Because deep work is where our most productive work happens. By the way, that doesn't mean only, you know, work with yourself alone. It can also be like Benjamin and myself, just, you know, recording a podcast, having a one-to-one -one meeting together, having a brainstorming sessions together. These type of things can also be deep work. It doesn't necessarily need to be alone, but it's kind of focused work and producing something of high quality. Your brain really needs to be up to, up to speed over a longer period of time. And so there is lots of ways how you can manage your distractions, your internal and your external ones. And I highly recommend reading this book uh, by Carl Newport. There's another one about a book called Indestructible. I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. Any final thoughts from you, Benjamin, about uh, distraction? Yeah, no, just, just as, a, as a recall, we talked two years ago about the, you know, your, ca your calendar and how to use Outlook and how to use efficient time management for yourself. I think that is something that really comes in place as well for You know, use blocking time. You mentioned it before. Really take take the time that you need for specific tasks, and and don't just say, "Well, yeah, yeah, next morning I'll, I'll take care of this." But really block it. Really mean it. Like the distractions will, the internal distractions. Um, you know, you have to manage differently. But the external ones, especially coming from the, from from your from your work, calls, meetings, whatever. Block yourself, and then take take the time to really focus on your tasks. That will help as well. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Don't forget to head over to theeffectivestatistician.com and sign up for the library with all the free content. The show was created in association with PSI. Thanks to Rain and Casey who help with the show in the background and thank you for listening. Reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients. Just be an effective statistician.